Hello. I am your typical average 21-year-old nerd. I like to sit at home, play video games, read a book, and I like to do arts and crafts like an average nerdy little person. I also have a lot of secrets that I don't tell most of this world because there's a lot of people that don't understand me as a person. Hi, my name is Abby Parker and I have Dissociate Identity Disorder. You know, it started really with something that I didn't understand could exist. And with this whole like matter of existing, it was more of an actual thought in my brain, or so I assumed. Because this has been 20 years in the making of me having such a thing. I didn't realize, you know, this wasn't a normal thing until I was diagnosed with it when I was, well, 16, 15, 16. And it was a really tough time for me because it, that was puberty. I mean, who who really like feels good during puberty? But also, I've had these people in my brain my whole life, so I didn't understand. I didn't understand, you know, I wasn't supposed to feel this way. And the whole thing about, you know, not feeling good about the whole diagnosis was it didn't feel great at first because it felt like a shock to my whole entire system but then I started to understand because I would have these out-of-body experiences that like almost made me feel like a ghost and it's really started out when I was five and it came out with my first personality or people in my brain I should say my first person in my brain and let me tell you about her she's great she's a real great person but she has this knack of being too great and while we all love her well okay the people in my life that know about this, <laughs> they kind of love her, but she can be a little too much sometimes. You know, like most people are. That's just how you are when you're too much. And I know she doesn't mean it, and she can hear me right now, but I know she means well with her heart. That's just who she is. It's been wild for the past 15 years. I was five when I first started experiencing these out-of-body experiences because I didn't know that this is what happens when you have this disorder. I thought, you know, it was just normal people have imaginary friends, but I was also in my teens having these imaginary friends that I could sometimes see outside my body. And it was very shell-shocking to me because I never thought, like, I could have such a disorder. And I mean, 
now that I had been diagnosed and everything, like I said before, it's been really surreal to me. Now, I really like the thought of how my first personality that came to me really was. Because I came from an abusive family, she became the mother I never had. The mother I always wanted. And it hurt in a way because I had, of course, my psychological moments of this is not real, this is not real, she is not real, none of these people in my brain are real. And what's true to the point is that they're very much real. They're very real in my head. They're very real in my instinct of thinking and how I think. They exist. They coexist in my brain. And they've been coexisting in my brain for a very long time. Whether they chose to or not, as one of the others says. And I would like to think that, you know, they like to live in my head some of the time, of course. But... I have my moments where it can be scary, and Alice isn't one of the scary ones. She's very much sweet and loving and caring. Unless she doesn't like you, that's when she's really mean and nasty. She's not trustworthy. She pushes you away just for my safety. And she doesn't mean to sometimes, but I know she does it for my own good. And she's done it before with boyfriends and friends and family even too and family it's even harder because they don't understand because I don't talk about this I don't want to talk about this with them because some of them don't believe in therapy and some of them don't believe this is real but this is very much real in my head because I have never once you know thought you know hey I'll just ask them to leave because they'll leave no, I have asked them sometimes just to leave me alone, get the hell out of my head, but they haven't. They won't. Because they can't. It's an actual thing. They cannot. <laughs> They're here to stay. And, I mean, I can interview myself all day, but I could also tell you how they really came to be. I'd like to start with Alice. She um, came to me when I was when I was five, and it was very rough. And I didn't think that you know this was possible, but it was. I had a very out-of-body experience, and all of a sudden, this woman just walked into my head. This five foot eight, mousy, Donna Reed looking woman walked into my head. And I just didn't think it was real because I didn't want to believe it was real. But it was. And she said words to me that I'll never forget because the time being was I thought there was some instinct in my mind 
where my parents didn't love me. And she said, I will always love you. And that just hurt me to my core because while on one hand, I guess your own brain loves you, but on the other hand, why doesn't the people outside love you? And that's just something that struck with me very hard. Very, very hard. And she's one of my hard-headed personalities, but I do adore her very much. And I would never get rid of her, honestly. I would never, would never want to. I'd like to take a moment to interview her, even though she might not like it. And it's weird because I can flip in between the personalities very quickly is what I've found in these breakthroughs. And it's very interesting to me that I can do these things. So why don't I bring her out? Hello, is this thing on? It's very much on. It is. All right, how does this work? What are we doing? Well, it's kind of like an interview. You know, like I used to do for school projects? Yes, but you did it with people outside of us. Well, what if I did it with you guys? Do you really think that's a good idea? I think it's a great idea. Do you, though? Trust me in this, Alice. It's a great idea. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to learn about this. There's a lot of people that have this and want to learn about other people that have it. So, they're learning about me. Well, I guess that's okay. But, what do you think they want with us? The listeners? Yes. I don't know. Well, maybe to hear us out and listen to us. Learn about us. And I know that sounds crazy to you, but it's really a good idea. All right. What do you want to know that you probably already know about me? Well, how do you feel to live inside my body? Well, it's not only your body. It's our body. You forget this a lot, don't you? We share it. You know how friends share toys? I do. I do know greatly. You taught me how to. Well, this is exactly like this. Except, um... We live inside you. Not like, you know... We don't live outside. Well... In retrospects, you kind of do. Because when you guys come out, you guys live among me. Control me. Even though there are certain aspects where I can control you. Well, as much as I hate to admit it, I don't like it when you control me. It's very disrespectful. I'm sorry. 
I'm trying to get better at that, but you guys also have to learn how to integrate better with me. You guys just can't come out all the time, especially since there's the risk of you guys coming out while I'm at work. Well, there's a simple aspect to all of this. You could stay home all day, but that would also defeat the purpose about being self-sufficient. That's very true. And I don't want to become a burden on others because I want to hide from the world. And it's not like I want to hide you guys anymore. Though there is some points where I wish I could know who I was switching to at certain points because I don't always know. Well... You know, certain smells can trigger us, certain senses can trigger us. Maybe you can see those as patterns. I suppose you're right, but sometimes your patterns change. However, you guys are human, so that may be the reason of you guys changing your patterns. It's not like you guys are doing it on purpose to scare me. Even though sometimes I do feel scared because I don't know who I am half the time. Because half the time you guys can control my eyes, my ears, and sometimes my mouth most of the time. It's scary when you guys control my mouth because you guys say stuff for me that I don't want to. Well, we say it for our own good. What do you mean your own good? Or our own good, I should say. Well, you remember the time when you were a little girl and you just couldn't catch your tongue right sometimes and it always got you in trouble? Well, yeah, but every kid does. That's what we're trying to do for you as an adult now, trying to catch you before you make a mistake. But how do you know I'm making one? Or how can you assume? Do you remember the time when you dated that boy in high school? Well, I dated several, but which one are you referring to? I think I'm referring to Eric. To Eric? Well, <sighs> that was few and far between, you know, not even quite dating. But he knew of us. He did. Well, he only knew of Margaret, and sometimes he forgets about them, but that's not his fault. I forget to sometimes tell people about you guys most of the time. Well, that's also very dangerous, you know, considering the... Did you just cut me off? How dare you? How dare you? I practically raised you! I apologize. I didn't mean to come off as, you know, brash. But we don't want to spoil the surprises for others. About the others. I mean, Margaret was a little bit of a surprise, but... There's other surprises too, we can't just tell everybody. We gotta let them listen. I suppose you're right. So is this first one about me? It is. It is about you because I want everybody to know about 
who I am and who you guys are in relation to me. Well, you remember the Paul you dated? Which Paul? I dated too. Well, we won't talk about Joseph. Oh God, please don't bring him up. Anything but him. Well, what about the other Paul? I did not like him very much. I know you didn't like him. No, I didn't like him because he always carried himself so brashly. I didn't like him because he also had a piercing. I don't think men should have piercings on their face. It's very unprofessional. Well, I'd like to think that, you know, that's his lifestyle and his choice. Yes, but there's also a time and a place for that and not on your face. You're very right, I guess, in some retrospects. I guess that's why I never went through with that lip piercing when I was 15. You are correct, because I would never let you get that. But it looked so cool. It did not. It did too. I bought a fake one and I put it on and I was like, yes! No. Don't you ever do that to yourself. You're much too pretty for that. And plus, we are too pretty for that. That's very true, but I don't think one of you would like that they call you call them pretty. Oh, well, he's just gonna have to deal with it. Oh, no, I'm not talking about him. He's very used to being called pretty by one of the other ones. I'm referring to you-know-who. Oh, well, I suppose, but it's not like she really thinks it, does she? I'm going to have to have a conversation with her. Well, I mean, you could, but there we could wait till later for that. You guys make me very tired when you guys control me. And I'm very tired while recording this. Well, I told you you gotta sleep better at night, didn't I? I know, but it's not easy when you're tucking yourself in and reading yourself a bedtime story like it made sense when you were a little kid, because you didn't exactly look weird. Though I do know the reason why you try to read me a bedtime story at night. Well, you used to fall asleep better to those. I know, but... You have to understand that it kind of looks weird as an adult, and once I find somebody, maybe they could read me the bad time story. Well, I wouldn't want to take away from them, but also it's my job to make sure you get to sleep on time and to wake up on time. I am your mother, after all. That's very true, but... I... I want to find a way of finding somebody who will accept us, too. Oh, yeah. Let's go down the list of others that have accepted us. Well, it's not exactly their fault, and it's not exactly my fault. I've come to accept on terms that it's nobody's fault and the fault of us falling apart. It's a team kind of sense and I mean they weren't expecting to 
we weren't expecting to be a team of, you know, seven. Well, it wasn't like I was trying to be a team of seven, young lady. You're right. Well, I mean, the fact that, you know, we became this team of six already, it's kind of... I don't want to say tiring, because that'll make you upset. It's, it's hard some days, you know? I know you've controlled my body sometimes for multiple days on end. You have to understand that I'm tired. Well, we're not leaving anytime soon. Because you don't want to part with us. That's very true, I don't. I really don't, but... I also have troubles finding myself with you guys. Do you understand? I do. I want you to find yourself gratefully. I know that you're having trouble with yourself because it's a very peaking time in your life. You see, you're a young adult and you're trying to find yourself by finding an identity and being six identities is not easy, sure. We are a team of mass destruction sometimes, but we also love each other very much in a way. Almost like a Brady Bunch. I don't want to quite say we're the Brady Bunch, but I guess. I mean, think about it this way. Do you remember the first time you came into my body? Well, you were three. I was three? Yes, you were three. How do you remember this and I don't? Well, you're a psych major. How about you answer this question? I guess it's because there's not enough total recall when you're that young, but at the same time, how could I not remember blacking out with trauma? What did you do? I didn't do anything. I simply observed. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew I was part of you. You know, like a family. You're a family. We're a family. I guess you're right, but... I can't believe I guess my first occurrence was three. That's... Shocking. Well, I guess you learn something new every day? You're right, but... It's not something I wanted to learn right now, if that makes any sense. Well, we could catch up with tea about this. You need to get to sleep. Oh, but come on, Alice. I just want to talk a little more. Bed. Get ready for bed. Have some nice tea and get to sleep. But Alice, what did I say, dear? I don't know. Besides, get to sleep? You need to get some beauty sleep for the little princess. Oh, but I'm not little anymore. You still are. Come on, dear. Bedtime. All right. Fine.
good morning, I guess. I mean, it was a good night's sleep. I do have to admit she was right. I had to go to bed. And she'll be probably mad that I slept, you know, too long for anyone to count. And let's just say I was very much up and at him at about 10.30 this morning. Yeah, that's right, 10.30. Yikes. But they really take a toll out of me. I'm always tired all the time. My body is always just trembling because of it. I can't stop them from coming out. I can keep them in only so long, I guess. And I mean, I wasn't any of them last night besides her. And it's really weird because everyone thinks that it's such an easy switch and it took years of training, but sometimes it is and other times it's not. Other times they take over my body for days and days on end. And it's very weird because I want to have control of my body, but at the same time it almost feels like I'm sleeping in my mind. Well, I mean, I'm not exactly sleeping, but I am here. And it's very strange that, you know, I could be my walking body, but as somebody else. They can only see me on the surface, but when the others are the others, they see completely different people. I can tell you that Alice has very mousy brown hair, and likes to wear light amounts of makeup, have her hair tied back, and wear a nice long gown. Well, not a gown, but a dress. She likes to have a dress that covers at least to her knees, and she also likes to not have anything showing exactly. So if she does have a dress that's like that, she at least wears a sweater over it because she doesn't want anybody to stare at her. And that's very, very, admirable for her she thinks <laughs> and it's very very tiring most times because if I wake up as her then I don't know what to do besides you know just act normal I guess I dress like this I'm out in public this is what's happening it's a rare occasion that they come out like did I say occursion? I mean occurrence. It's a rare occurrence that they come out in public. I try to not have that happen. And I've even set boundaries for myself where I feel like if I am to be one of them a certain day, I don't go outside or I try not to go outside. And I've tried hard to find ways to restrain myself so in case one of the others that is not so friendly comes out, I don't have to worry about anybody seeing them. Because most of them can do what's called the masking effect and cover up that they're me and pretend that they're not them. And that's weird to me. I like to think that, you know, I have self-control, but I really don't. And I'd like to think that I want to get rid of them, but I don't. 
They're a part of me. They make me who I am. And they make me this human that I never thought, you know, I'd be. And it's very weird because most times I want to be a different person and those who know that I have this, they're like, oh, well, you certainly can be a different person, but that's not the case. I didn't want to be like this. I want to have like a different skill set of my own mind. And I mean, truth be told, this is my own mind, but others don't understand. And sometimes, you know, people don't believe me until I come back and I'm like, who am I? Where am I? What is happening? And the worst part is, people are like, what do you mean? Because they don't understand. They don't want to understand. And it's scary because I want someone to understand me and I'd cry for help if I could. But you know, I gotta help myself sometimes. And I'm learning. I mean, I'd like to think I'm learning because some of them are very much, you know, getting in the swing of integrating back into the system like Alice is. But the others, they don't understand that this is something that they have to do. And one of them is a child and she doesn't quite understand most things at all. And I'd like to dedicate a podcast to her someday. I definitely will, but for now this one is dedicated to Alice. When she appeared in my life, like I said before, it was very dark, it was very cold. And she said the words, I love you, which meant a lot to me because I didn't know if I was really loved at all at that point. But when she reached out her hands and held me inside my body, it felt warm. I was no longer cold, it wasn't dark anymore, and I could see her being my mother. But I know this means that, you know, she's not really there, and she can't possibly be my mother now or outside my body, but in that time, it really felt like it. And I felt like I finally belonged, and I felt like I finally was with someone who appreciated me for the child I was at the time. Because I had a rough childhood, I'd like to think. Most people will lie and say, you had a great childhood, but it was not. People only saw the surface. They didn't see what was underneath. They didn't see the scars the abuse wounds, nothing. I'd like to think I was dressed in long sleeves every day, pants every day, and had my hair combed at least neat like any regular child. But underneath there were bruises, sometimes cuts, but not like typical kids or bruises, you know, or cuts. It was from abuse over powering abuse that I haven't been able to escape from in my trauma. And one thing that Alice has never done is hurt me in that kind of fashion. She's never tried to, you know, make me feel less 
than I was as a person. That's something that, you know, people don't understand. And at least my therapist understands because, you know, they're trained for that. They're trained to spot trauma in any kind of way. But my friends don't understand that know about this. Some do, some think it's cool. I have one that thinks I'm an absolute superhero and that my mind is like an absolute powerful being. And it fascinates him because he's never known someone with this before. And as I explain to him, like the different elements I go through, I tell him it's a process that, you know, no one really can fathom, but I can fathom. And it, it confuses him, but he's also like, damn, man, it must be incredible. You could be a different person any time of the day. And that's very true, but I told him it's not by choice. And he said that, you know, choice or no choice, do you like that? And I responded with, I don't know. I don't know if I like it. And I don't know if I want to be this. And he goes, that's okay. We'll just roll with it. And I think that's one of the first friends that I really had that said, we'll just roll with it, but he's not planning on, you know, bailing out. Because most people have bailed out, especially lovers, partners, friends, family. They've all just kind of fizzled out because they want me to control this and they don't understand that I can't. Or some do, and they just got sick of me. And I know that's very sad, but I didn't want them to, you know, start thinking that they had to find a way to help me when they didn't know how. But I realized I have to start learning to ask for help, because if I don't, then I won't really know who I truly am. And that's something that I don't know if this will make sense to anybody, but it's something that's always been hard for me, being able to ask for help. And I mean, Alice might be able to understand more why, but that's just because she's been part of me for practically my whole life. She's taken care of me. She's decided that I am hers, and I've decided that I could coexist as this, and I could be this, but I could never try to be someone else, because that's just not me. And she tries to remind me every day that it's not that I am someone else, it's that, well, there's other people in my brain, and they are not me. So it's not like I'm someone else, I'm something else. And that's what's the most scary to me. And I don't know if anybody out there feels the same way as I do, where they've experienced this, but do you ever feel like you have to claw out of your own body to find the real you? Because I feel like 
most times I do. And it scares me because I don't want to look like this monster. I want to be me. And so rare and few in between see me as me that people don't understand. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It really took a lot to put myself out there. And I really don't know what to say except, you know, if you relate to this, then I feel you and I understand you. But I also want to know if anybody does experience the same experiences I do. And if you guys do, then... I completely understand because I've gone through this too and it's quite a painful experience and if you want to subscribe to the podcast go ahead please do I would deeply appreciate it thank you